0: Good morning. If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Jonah, because we're going to be in Jonah today. And you um, can do a bit of work, and I'm going to encourage you to read some of it for yourself, just because of the time. Uh, I'm currently reading a book called Boundaries. You may have read it if you're into uh, any kind of counselling. Um, it's a book that helps us define boundaries and what will help us to live well. And one of the things about having boundaries is it's uh, a life-giving thing to be able to say no it's the ability to say no so that boundaries are not crossed inappropriately I have a huge weakness it's the inability to say no some of you are nodding not about me but about yourselves there are issues that lie behind that inability in me to say no when it would actually be the best thing But the ability to say no from time to time gets me into trouble. So I was doing three different things all yesterday. It's kind of the way it is in my life. Learning to say no can be a very important and a very good thing. But we've been learning, I hope, that God is the God of open doors. And God is the God who opens doors that he puts in our way... And he gives us the invitation of an adventure with him. And I've encouraged you to say yes to God's open doors. God is the God of the open door of boundless opportunities. Of unlimited chances to do something worthwhile. Of grand openings into new and unknown adventures of significant living. Of unimagined chances to do good. To make our lives count. For eternity. Isn't that what you want? Isn't it really what you want? To make your life count for eternity? Simon and Sarah, hello. I've just noticed you sitting over there. You're very welcome. (laughs) An open door. The great adventure of our life. Because it means the possibility of being useful to God. And I, for one, want that. I long for open doors. And yet... Even in my weakness, I am quite capable of saying no to the open door in front of me. There is a famous story of someone who said no to God's own open door. You know it well because it is the story of Jonah. Every time God places before someone an open door in the Bible, almost without exception, there is a tug of war that follows. God calls, someone reasons, they resist... But then eventually they say, yes. Jonah is the story of someone who, in truth, runs away from his destiny. Jonah says no to God's open door. The challenge for us is that the story of Jonah is a mirror that reflects back to us our resistance to God's open doors in our lives. So as we go through this familiar story we might see some of the reasons that we sometimes say no to God's open doors. Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amtai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. Jonah is a prophet, and Jonah is a prophet in Israel. So Jonah was to speak to Israel... And he was to be God's mouthpiece to Israel. A prophet's job, a bit like a preacher's job, is not easy because usually it meant you had to be some kind of a troublemaker. It's my job. But when God speaks to Jonah and tells him to speak and preach, he says, don't preach to Israel. Go to Nineveh. There's the first challenge. Go, not to your normal place, but go to Nineveh. And then there's a second challenge. Go and preach not to Nineveh, but against Nineveh. Jonah, prophet in Israel, is to go to Nineveh and preach against it. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, In Jonah's day, Assyria was the great world power. When Israel divided into two nations after Solomon, it was Assyria who defeated the ten northern tribes in 722 BC. But you already know all that. Over 100 years later, after Jonah was prophesying, the prophet Nahum prophesied the complete destruction of Nineveh. If you turn to Nahum chapter 3, it's just a couple of pages on, in case you don't know where it is in your Bible. Uh, Naam chapter 3, he writes this to Nineveh just about a hundred years after Jonah. Woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims. The crack of whips, the clatter of wheels, galloping horses and jolting chariots. Charging cavalry, flashing swords and glittering spears. Many casualties, piles of dead, bodies without number, people stumbling over corpses. That's what Nineveh was like. Where is Nahum when he says these words? Anyone know the answer? It's not a quick question. He is in Israel. Now which prophet would you rather be? Jonah who's to go to Nineveh and preach against it or Nahum who's in Israel talking about Nineveh? Not a hard question to answer, is it? Jonah's door will take him to Nineveh right into the heart of the city. God said to Jonah, I have set before you an open door. It leads to Nineveh. Now there's a deep and challenging truth. Sometimes open doors are not fun. Sometimes they are not even safe. Always they are looking for something greater than our own benefit. Sometimes God calls us to a hard place. A place we do not want to go. And fear can cause us to say no to God's open doors. We fear we might fail. We fear it will be difficult or hard or demanding. Being invited to speak to pastors in Malawi caused me to be anxious because I might fail. I don't do that in England. I don't speak to pastors in England. Nobody in the Baptist Union ever rings me up and says, Ian, you got, you're doing really well. Come and talk to these pastors. They've never done that. It's a completely different culture. It's a completely different context. But God, it seems, had a different perspective. Maybe God is calling you to Nineveh. And actually, it could be this simple. To have a conversation that you know may be very difficult. And actually, as I was writing these words this week, I knew, I had a meeting last week, that I knew was going to be painful and difficult. Absolutely bang on the nail for me. Even as I was writing those words. Turned out it was okay. Had to go there anyway. To serve in a way that might be humbling or challenging... Or difficult. Here's what matters. Fear is never overcome by situation avoidance. And the antidote to fear is the presence of God. You just sang it. If you actually believe what you've just sung, you've just sung exactly that. Take me where my feet will, it's too deep for my feet is basically what you just said. I could have walked there if I walked there on my own. That's what you just sang, my translation. Where it might be hard or difficult or demanding. Why? Because that's where the presence of God is. There is no hiding place from God, but in God. Jonah wants to run from the presence of God and he's headed for Tarshish. How about you? Verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship Bound for that port after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. There is an interesting but challenging detail in this verse. It is this, that Jonah paid for his fare. Money was relatively new in Jonah's day and most people would not have been able to pay for their fare. The point is this, Jonah had money and he thinks he can use money to run away from God. Jonah has options because he is wealthy. Here's a challenging truth. Having money can make it easier for us to think that we can run away from God because we have options. And in my darkest moments, friends, when I slide in bed away at night, I actually believe it's true. The only place I have to go is God. I've, I've chucked all my eggs in that basket. And sometimes it's really hard, but sometimes it's a really good place to be. Jesus talks second most about money apart from the kingdom of God. He talks most about the kingdom of God, second most about money, because money so easily gets in the way. Jonah thinks he can buy his safety by paying for a ship to take him to Tarshish. And the truth is, the only safe place to be, the only really eternally safe place to be, is in God, walking through the open doors that he puts in our way. Perhaps some of us, the challenge is about status. Uh, you can go and do a whole lot of reading about Tarshish. Tarshish was quite different to Nineveh. Nineveh was a military town. Tarshish was a commercial town. It had great wealth. The question we might need to ask ourselves about status, do I really want to spend time with those kind of people? That's a bit below me. Tarshish was a wealthy city, a city of wealth and status. Now, they're not necessarily bad things in themselves, but if that's where we run, we say no to God's open doors. Where are you headed, brothers and sisters? You know this next bit of the story really well, from verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell asleep in a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. They knew he was running away from the Lord because he'd already told them so. The uh, the sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault and this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Sometimes we miss God's open doors because we simply do not want to see them. There is so much happening in this story that we can't talk about today, but Jonah simply doesn't want to see God's open door. He's headed for Tarshish. And he's asleep in the boat. And quite extraordinary, he is able to sleep during a storm. The sailors are hardened men of the sea, and they are awake and terrified. They have tried everything to save themselves and their ship. They've even tried praying to their gods, plural, capital G. They had lots of them. When they discover Jonah asleep, they wake him up and, and demand that he pray. Even then he doesn't see it. They cast lots to see who's bringing trouble on them. And only then, only then does Jonah face up to the truth. Up until then, he simply doesn't want to see an open door. Now what I find wonderfully and extraordinary in this part of the story is that even when Jonah is running to Tarshish, even when he misses the door that God has placed in front of him, God still uses Jonah When the sailors hear Jonah's confession, when they actually agree to throw him overboard and they try everything not to, the pagan sailors hold a prayer meeting and they end up worshipping God. Maybe there's something here, friends, about the art of noticing. Simply noticing what God has set before me and recognising it as an open door. The lonely person sitting next to me who just wants me to talk to them. The change in circumstance that will lead to opportunities that I would never otherwise have. And remember, friends, there is a door in every circumstance. And even gloriously, mistakes that you've made that God can redeem if we are willing to recognize his presence. What do you see before you, friends, in all that you do? Interestingly, Jonah thinks it's all over when he finally opens his eyes. He thinks that when he's thrown into sea, that will be the end. I don't think he's expecting to be able to swim to land, is he? Now, we always have the benefit of hindsight. We know what's coming, don't we? He didn't. However, God has a different perspective. And here's a lovely thought. That sometimes maybe God's yes is louder than your no. I once saw a t-shirt that I haven't ever had the courage to buy. Because I know what you'd all say. It's got written on it, be patient. Be patient. God hasn't finished with me yet. (laughs) Jonah's closed door becomes God's open door to the sailors. What a lovely thought. Maybe God hasn't finished with you yet either. And maybe your closed door can become an open door to him. God hasn't given up on you. So maybe the question becomes have you given up on God? Question, where does this story turn? On what does it turn? Well, maybe it turns at the start of chapter 2. Because in chapter 2, Jonah prays. Oh dear, that old chestnut. Perhaps here is where the story of Jonah reflects back to us most powerfully. I'm not going to read it all to you. You can go away and read it afterwards. The truth of what happens when Jonah finds himself in the belly of a whale is that he prays. Because, quite simply, he has nowhere else to go. Now this truth causes me some tension. I have come to the conclusion that having nowhere else to go but God in prayer is actually a good thing. A really, really, really good thing. But what is wonderfully true is that God is not proud and he he hears us when we pray simply because we have nowhere else to go. God is gracious enough to accept those who come to him even if it's as a last resort. Jesus said, knock, and the door will be opened for you. But, and here's the tension. We do not have to wait until we hit rock bottom to ask for open doors. We don't have to wait till that moment before we pray. Open doors are interactions between heaven and earth, and that's why they start in prayer. Every day, any day, you can pray that God would make this day... A day of open doors. Chapter one of the story is all about human efforts, all about Jonah making plans, Jonah's resources, Jonah going places. At the end of chapter two, Jonah comes to a halt and he prays. How are you doing, friends? The story of Jonah ends a bit like the story of the prodigal son. It leaves us guessing. At the end of the story of the prodigal son, we don't know whether the elder son goes into the party or stays outside, and that's the whole point of the story. You have to go figure it out for yourself. You have to decide what you're going to do. At the end of the story of Jonah, he is very angry and disappointed, and we are wondering left, why? The people of Nineveh repent, and I'll save. So go read chapter four. Go read it afterwards. The people of Nineveh repent. You'd think Jonah would be thrilled, but he is not. Truth is, another reason why sometimes we miss God's open doors is Jonah suffers from a lack of love because he wants them to be punished. He claims you have to read chapter four to prove this. So go and do it afterwards. He claims at the end of this story that he knew God would forgive them and that's why he ran away in the first place and he claims that in the beginning he told God so. Actually, there's no record that he said anything like that before he went to Tarshish. The truth is, Jonah doesn't have any love for the people of Nineveh. And friends, when we don't love, we find ourselves saying no to God's open doors. Jonah thinks that God should save Israel, that would be people like him, and destroy their enemies. Oh, that would be people like the people in Nineveh then. When Jonah says in chapter 4 that he knows God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love, he is quoting a famous confession given to Israel about the character of God. But he doesn't quote it all. If you go and look it up in Exodus, you will notice he leaves out the part he doesn't like. He leaves out the part that says that God is far, far, far more loving than his desire to punish. Jonah doesn't trust God and questions his character and he basically says to God, God, that's not fair. You should punish them, not save them. Friends, we will never trust God to go through open doors if we don't trust his character. The story of Jonah is left hanging because actually this isn't really a story about Jonah at all. This is really a story about who God is and what your response and my response will be to who God is. So how will you respond to the open doors in front of you.